Taiwan reported 29 local cases of COVID on Friday, slightly higher than the 14 cases announced the day before. Even with the uptick, Health Minister Chen Shizhong said the epidemic was moving in a positive direction. He said that 21 of Friday's cases had a known infection source. Let's hear from him. We are seeing a slight fluctuation in the daily case counts, but the overall trend is heading in a good direction. At present, the case counts are not high. We'll be even more precise with our epidemic investigations and do even better contact tracing. I'd also like to call on everyone to report their contacts truthfully during our inquiries. Taiwan also reported four COVID-related deaths and three imported cases. One of the imported cases is an American pilot in his 50s who had been fully vaccinated with the Pfizer vaccine in the U.S. in February. He tested COVID positive before the end of his mandatory quarantine in Taiwan on July 14th. Turning now to COVID vaccination drive, we've almost arrived at 20% coverage with 4.6 million doses administered. The numbers are set to go up fast over the weekend as inoculation gets underway for the 9th and 10th priority groups. These are adults with designated health conditions and anyone 50 and older. Once their shots are administered, vaccines will widen to all Taiwan nationals and residents 18 and older. If you haven't registered online yet, it's not too late. The deadline has been pushed back to next Monday at noon. As Taiwan ramps up its vaccination drive, shots are now being administered to people in the 9th and 10th priority groups, people with designated conditions and adults 50 and older. Inoculation launched nationwide on Friday using the AstraZeneca vaccine. One man said he'd been waiting for his shot for two months. Initially, nobody wanted a vaccine. Back when self-paid shots were still available, I booked a slot for the second half of May. Then the epidemic broke out in Taiwan and all the appointments for self-paid vaccines were cancelled. In this latest inoculation round, 941,000 people are booked to get a vaccine. Not a few of them registered online as soon as the vaccine platform opened. Also getting vaccinated on Friday was Health Minister Chen Shizhong, who received his first dose in March. Due to tight vaccine supplies during the outbreak, it's taken 16 weeks for him to book his second dose. With my first dose, I did feel something the first day, a sensation around the injection site. Today, I'm not feeling anything at all. I don't know if I'll develop a fever tonight. After the first dose, I did have a low-grade fever in the evening. This second dose isn't really making itself felt. Perhaps it is because the time interval between the doses was longer. That may have something to do with it. According to the latest figures from the CECC, 4.6 million doses have been administered, and 19.14% of the population have received at least one dose. On Friday, President Tsai Ing-wen headed south to Shinju to inspect the local vaccination drive. She had a message for the public. 
Getting vaccinated is now a national movement. Let's get registered together and let's raise the vaccination rate together. Let's unite to fight COVID and protect Taiwan. To bolster vaccination rates, the CECC has extended the deadline for round three of online registration. Until next Monday at noon, registration will remain open to people 18 and older. More than 8 million people have registered so far, and more than half only want Moderna. Less than 5% of registrants exclusively want AZ. Taiwan will be getting another vaccine donation, this time from Slovakia. The European nation has pledged 10,000 doses of a COVID vaccine whose brand has yet to be announced. Slovakia's representative office in Taiwan says the donation is a show of support after Taiwan donated face masks one year ago to help Slovakia fight COVID. At the end of this May, Slovakia was already doing its best to help Taiwan the best it could. Some people might think that 10,000 doses is not a lot. But for a COVID-ravaged country to still be willing to donate vaccines to Taiwan, that is a rare and precious thing. Last year, at the height of Slovakia's epidemic, Kaohsiung Mayor Chen Qimai donated 30,000 face masks to the country through its representative office in Taiwan. The central government also made a gift of 40,000 masks. Three more COVID cases have been found in connection to Taipei's Huannan Market, where a cluster infection broke out in early July after dozens of vendors tested positive. The three cases were detected through mass PCR screening conducted this week. To keep shoppers safe, the market is testing out a new digital keycard system that only gives access to vaccinated vendors. Huanan Market launched its keycard system for a test on Friday. All vendors and other market personnel must present a digital pass to enter. Glitches cropped up on day one of the launch. One vendor had already received a vaccine, and yet the computer record came up empty. He had to pull up his vaccination record on the NHI app before being allowed in. I've already done it. I've gotten it. My wife went with me to get vaccinated. Why is my record like this? TAPMC cards work, but cards issued by Huannan Market aren't registering. I don't know what the problem is. At EasyCard Corporation, on the operations side, they haven't yet had the time to enter all the personal information. As the market was closed the day before, many vendors were in line Friday morning to collect their pass. The entry control system uses easy cards that connect to the central government's NHI system, pulling up records on vaccination and PCR testing. The system will be tested first at two wholesale produce markets, as well as Huanan Market, before its official launch next Tuesday. On Thursday, three more COVID cases were reported in connection to Huanan Market. One was a vendor, the other a vendor's family member, and the third a former case. The vendor that tested positive had spent relatively little time at the market. There's very little activity from confirmed cases here inside Huannan Market. The outbreak is external. In line with regulations, Huannan Market disinfected the vendor's stall and all stalls in its vicinity. A representative of the market said that sanitation standards were being fully applied. 
Aftershocks are continuing to rattle Hualien in the wake of a double earthquake that hit the eastern county last week. More than 15 earthquakes occurred in the same hour Friday morning, including two of magnitude 4.7. The Central Weather Bureau, which is in charge of earthquake observation, says they are aftershocks of two magnitude 5.4 earthquakes that occurred last Wednesday and Thursday. The CWB says more than 60 aftershocks have hit Hualien since Wednesday. Tremors are likely to continue for as long as two more weeks, potentially reaching magnitude 5 or above. Another pro-Taiwan bill is making its way through the U.S. Congress. The House Foreign Affairs Committee has passed the Ensuring American Global Leadership Act, or the EGLE Act, which contains several Taiwan-friendly provisions. One is a request that the U.S. Secretary of State negotiate a name change for Taiwan's de facto embassy in Washington, allowing the name to contain the word Taiwan. Also on Thursday, Germany and Taiwan signed an air support agreement allowing for more passenger and cargo flights between the two nations. The U.S. House Foreign Affairs Committee on Thursday voted to pass a bill aiming to boost U.S. competitiveness against China. The EGLE Act calls for stronger Taiwan ties as well as more security and economic cooperation. It also orders the U.S. State Secretary to enter negotiations with Taiwan to rename the Taipei Economic and Cultural Representative Office to Taiwan Representative Office. The bill also aims to amend the Taipei Act passed last year, noting that the United Nations did not truly resolve the issue of Taiwan's representation in international organizations. It also incorporates several other pro-Taiwan bills from the past. The Eagle Act, passed by the U.S. House Foreign Affairs Committee, is a move to change the name of Taiwan's representative office from Taipei Economic and Cultural Representative Office to Taiwan Representative Office. This would be an important milestone in the normalization of Taiwan-U.S. relations. It also acknowledges that Taiwan is a sovereign and independent political entity. We thank the U.S. House Foreign Affairs Committee for its decision, and we hope that the legislation can be enacted smoothly. Taiwan's relationship with Germany has also taken a major step forward. Taiwan's envoy to Germany, Xie Zhiwei, and Germany's representative to Taiwan, Thomas Prince, on Thursday signed an agreement on air transport, witnessed by Transport Minister Wang Guocai. The deal was in negotiations for five years, and it will replace one signed in 2001. According to Xie, the new agreement will allow for direct flights between Taiwan and Munich on top of the current nonstop route to Frankfurt. It also increases the maximum number of weekly passenger flights between the two countries from 7 to 11. It also allows for more cargo flights between Taiwan and the two German airports. In the five or six years since Taiwan took office, Taiwan and Germany have actually signed a lot of agreements, more than a dozen of them. I trust that on the basis of this foundation, Taiwan will be able to develop better diplomatic and people-to-people -people relations with Europe and Germany. The previous air transport agreement had been signed by the heads of local civic groups on behalf of their countries. This time, the signing was handled by the de facto ambassadors of both nations. Xie says the change shows substantial progress in Taiwan-Germany relations. First it was pineapples and now it's bananas. 
Taiwan's Bananas have booked their ticket to Japan to debut at the Tokyo Olympics. The Council of Agriculture announced Friday that Japan has ordered 5,000 kilograms of premium bananas from southern Taiwan. The fruit will be made available 24-7 during the Games to feed hungry elite athletes who hope to make their mark in history. Good morning and hello everyone. I was delighted to learn today that athletes at the Tokyo Olympics will be able to eat bananas from Taiwan. Hoshino Mitsuaki, deputy head of the Japan-Taiwan Exchange Association, delivers his greeting in fluent Taiwanese and heaps high praise on Taiwanese bananas. I hope that the athletes of the world at the Tokyo Olympics will perform even better after eating Taiwanese bananas. I also look forward to brilliant performances by Taiwanese athletes. Our gratitude goes out to Taiwanese farmers. Our athletes, too, are striving toward a stellar performance. The Olympic opening ceremony is scheduled for July 23rd. Japan ordered 5,000 kilograms of premium bananas from southern Taiwan. From opening day, the fruit will be available at the Athletes' Village 24-7. At a press conference, Taiwan's agriculture minister thanked Japan for extending assistance to Taiwan in the form of vaccines. Earlier this year, Japan had also placed large fruit orders after China banned Taiwan pineapple in March. On March 1st, pineapples could no longer be exported to China. At that time, our good friends in Japan purchased pineapples in large quantities. So far this year, we have sold more than 17,000 metric tons of pineapple to Japan. That's equivalent to all the pineapples we sold Japan over the previous 10 years. Through mutual assistance, Taiwan and Japan have only grown closer. The agriculture chief sent flowers to 10 agricultural regions island-wide to celebrate the banana's Olympic debut. He hopes the fruit will be a sweet ambassador for Taiwan at the International Games. Well, the Olympics are here, and gymnastic prodigy Li Zhikai is heading back for his second Olympics. Li first found fame as a child in a documentary about his local gymnastics team. Now the world champion has a collection of elite medals to his name. But the real Olympics were a difficult moment for the pommel horse prince. He says he's grown since then and feels less pressure going into Tokyo. The nickname Market Boy Kai was how Taiwan first got to know the Elon gymnast. Now Lee is an Olympian. Being awarded a little bit more difficulty. Oh, and a fantastic dismount from Lee Chi Kai. Tokyo 2020 is finally here, and Lee is about to head to his second games. I would say to my child self, thank you for not giving up easily. You're the reason I have this chance now. A big dream can find a big stage. Lee is now one of Taiwan's most beloved sportsmen. At the Jakarta Palembang Asian Games in 2018, his signature Thomas Flair won him gold, the first gymnastics Asian Games gold for Taiwan. In recent years, he's won gold at three world championships and silver in the world championships in Stuttgart, announcing he'll aim for the gold in Tokyo. Of course, Rio 2016 was a major event in his career so far. Having injured himself just before the games, he fell off the pommel horse on his first attempt. Looking back on that moment, Lee says it helped him grow as an athlete. 
就是脑筋真的完全空白，直到回过神来的时候。My mind went totally blank. When I came back to myself, I had already fallen off the horse, and I was back, and I still had to compete the contest. For me, Rio was a really big experience and a big learning opportunity. Now he has another chance in Tokyo. He was the only Taiwan gymnast in Rio. This time, he'll have three teammates at his side. I have lots more teammates this year. There are people with whom I can share the ups and the downs of my training, and go and talk about it with them straight away. I think there's much less pressure mood-wise, and when there's someone there with you, going through it with you, it gives you more motivation. With four excellent gymnasts heading to Japan, this could be a golden age for Taiwan artistic gymnastics. The pommel horse prince is ready to play. Many gateway systems now use facial recognition to automatically record the identity of visitors. You might clock into work with a scan of your face each day, but can you do it with your mask on? Some of the more advanced facial recognition systems can now recognize people even when their faces are covered up. Let's find out more. 一般大楼的门禁考勤系统都需要拉下口罩才可以进行人脸辨识。不过，为了提升防疫，就算戴着口罩也能够辨识，直接通行。That's right. This system can recognize you personally even under a mask. We tested it with two similar-looking ladies with side partings. Even with masks on, Emmy and Nana were immediately distinguishable to the system. There's no escaping its discernment. An unregistered individual will register on the screen as a guest and not receive entry. The system can also take your temperature. If you're over 37.5 degrees, it warns you that your temperature is too high. The machine can control crowd flow too, keeping continuous records of how many people have come in and gone out and who is inside, all with zero contact. 戴口罩辨识这件事的话，就是它也是应用一些 AI 技术。For the recognition under a mask, we use some artificial intelligence to model what you'll look like wearing a mask. To create an account, you have to take a profile picture of the whole face. Then the smart system can detect you even with the mask on. If your system can't handle recognition with masks, that means your employees will have to take their masks off. That's quite problematic because of the pandemic. So we need to be able to do recognition with masks. There are many manufacturers in the field. Papago has made great upgrades to the technology, while Ambitious also uses AI facial recognition and thermographic cameras to check that no visitors get in with a fever or without a mask. Shuttle is bringing similar technology into gateway systems for medical institutions. With the help of AI, pandemic controls are more efficient than ever. Online shopping is booming under COVID, but some things don't lend themselves to the internet. Furniture, for one. If you're looking to redecorate your home, you probably want to try out sitting on that sofa before you place an order. Now that level three restrictions are partially eased, furniture stores are pulling out the stops to drum up business. To tempt customers, COVID safety measures are ramped up to the max. Let's take a look. Since level three was eased, this furniture store has seen an influx of customers. Lots of families want to get a new look for their home. Store staff are on maximum COVID safety protocol. 
Interior design consultants need to get close to customers to show them around the store, so they put on a full hazmat suit, mask, and visor. We just had a new baby, and my mom will come and help us. Our sofa bed at home isn't great, so we wanted to come and look at the sofas. You can't try sitting on them when you shop online, it's not the same. So we decided to come to the store in person. We are quite worried about COVID. So of course we hope when we come, there won't be too many people. I mean, we have kids at home, so we're worried about that too. The store is asking customers to book a slot online to control numbers. No more than eight groups can enter the store at one time. The staff have also prepared to manage social distancing in a pinch. For example, sometimes we are showing the customer the material of the sofa that needs some physical contact, or to ask them to feel the texture of the product. So we use disinfectant many times a day. Every hour, all the sofa surfaces and headrests that could be touched get cleaned. After terrible losses so far this year, this store is taking no chances. Our in-store visitor numbers have probably fallen by 80 percent. With furniture, after all, you do want to sit on a sofa or sleep on a mattress. It's something you'll be spending a lot of time in contact with. So most people want to try it in person first before deciding to buy. Our interior design consultants dress up like astronauts. We will not allow there to be any gaps in our COVID precautions. The vendor says summer is typically the busy season, but orders have dropped to just 20 percent under the level three COVID alert, with restrictions also making it impossible for people to redecorate. Lots of bookings were canceled. Now that there's a partial easing of rules, they're doing all they can to recoup their losses.